Hello superheroes and welcome to season two of the Superhero Academy podcast where we dissect how everyday superheroes are changing the world through the movements that they inspire, the organizations and businesses that they run, and sometimes the consciousness expanding content that they put online. And well, that last piece is a pretty relevant to this week's guest, Sean Suds, who runs Expanded Consciousness, one of the best publications out there. He is mind-blowing. The type of transformation that somebody like him has gone through to shift consciousness and to bring real information to the planet, to real information to people like you and I who are looking for truth, looking for answers, looking for ways to shift our lives. So if you enjoy content that is going to shift and change you, then this is the podcast for you. So be sure to tune in and make sure to click the links in the description or all that other stuff. And don't forget to subscribe. Come on. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe anything is possible? Now let me ask you it differently. Do you believe you can achieve anything? Do you see a disconnect between these two statements, even for a moment? Let me tell you how I close that gap in one simple yet life-changing step. A few years ago, while hiking the Great Wall of China, I accomplished a dream of mine I had written down in an old journal some years back. Walking that wall felt like a giant checkmark in the scattered list of amazing things I've always wanted to achieve in my lifetime. What I realized in that moment was that I had a huge list in my mind, but I had no true action plan to making it my reality. And then it hit me. The simple step to achieving the dreams that I wanted to see come to life is that I needed to make them a conscious reality. In that moment of clarity, I sat down and wrote what I now call the impossible list. What I wrote on the impossible list are the dreams I am committed to seeing through in my lifetime. What you write on your impossible list will be the accomplishments you're remembered for forever. Sometimes life feels like a journey, a race of sorts, but it's strange how many of us run the marathon of our lives without knowing where the finish line is, let alone where some of the checkpoints might be along the way. So the question is, what do you want to see come to life in your journey? I'm challenging you to take the initiative to see your deepest passions come true. So what impossible challenges will you tackle and make your reality? Hello, Mark Angelo Capoli here with another edition of the Valhalla Movement podcast. And today we have a very special guest, somebody who runs a website that I have been paying attention to for quite some time now, and who's just on the path of changing the culture of our times, on the path of changing what is going on in our world today, changing what we think about what is going on in the world today, and also creating an alternative news source for people like you and I to be able to um, dive deeper into things that they don't teach us at school, right? Or that they don't talk about on Fox News or, you know, MSNBC or whatever it is. And so I want to give a, a great round of applause and respect to Sean Suttis, who is the founder of Expanded Consciousness, and just, an inc- I mean, seemingly uh, uh, somebody who, based on your work and based on your site, is just doing uh, f- phenomenal things. 
So thanks, uh, thanks for joining, John. How's it going? Thanks, Mark. I uh, appreciate you having me. Um, very exciting opportunity to be on your podcast. And uh, like I mentioned before, I've been following your movement as well. So, um, you know, infinite props to you and, and uh, your team, if you've, if you've got one. Uh, mm, oh, definitely. <laughs> this is not something I do alone. Um, and, and for anybody, obviously, who's listening, you guys can find expandingconsciousness.com in the links. You can find links to to the Facebook and all that kind of stuff. So you guys can, you know, if you're watching this on the go or whatever, uh, or listening to it only and not viewing it, you guys can obviously scroll around through the through the site. And anything we mention is obviously going to be linked below. But I, I want to start off, Sean, by um, figuring out where where did this come out of? Like, where did expanded consciousness birth in your life, and and what led to that? Like, why are why are you doing what you're doing right now? Yeah, thanks. It's always a uh, a question that I get, especially from friends or family, where they see me sharing uh, articles or pictures from the Facebook page. And uh, I've recently, I guess within the past couple of months, have been um, authoring my own writings before it was more of a ghost writing mm. uh, sort of thing of, of um, topics that I've been interested in for a while, but have kind of taken that leap and put my face uh, onto <laughs> some of my work, which has been a little scary but fun at the same time. Mm. Um, so I've had more people that said, you know, is this your site? I've been following it and I didn't know um, you had, you know, this much association with it. Um, but to answer your question, kind of starting from the beginning, uh, the Facebook page has been around for uh, about four years now. Wow. Um, I started it simply as a hobby um, to promote and share certain ideas that I had been researching um, for a couple of years before that point. I was sharing a lot of this information on my own personal um, Facebook page and didn't really seem to get at l uh, a readable response from, <laughs> I guess, my friends and family. Mm. Uh, and some of the things that I was sharing were a little bit sensitive. Um, you know, anything from corporate corruption and, and governments and that sort of thing. So I, I wanted to distance myself um, a little bit uh, from that. And so expanded consciousness became uh, a buffer or a mask, I guess, if you will. Like a vehicle uh, for being able to get that word out, but without necessarily having your name on it all the time or without, without being able to... Um by being able to like open the discussion without having to kind of put the, your face on it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't necessarily, I, I share things that I don't necessarily 100% agree with everything mm -hmm. that I share, but I think there are certain tidbits uh, that I do share that I think we can apply to our own lives or at least help the awakening process. Um, mm. So... Uh, flashback to after I graduated college around 2008, mm -hmm. uh, took the first job I was offered. Uh, Which was? was on, uh, residential real estate okay. uh, <laughs> on a small little island in South Carolina called Hilton Head. Okay. Uh, Is that, it, like, it had anything to do with what you studied in school? Not, nothing to do with what I studied. <laughs> I studied, uh, I had no idea what I wanted to do at all through college. Like I had no stuff. idea what I wanted to do growing up. Um, in terms of being passionate, I love engaging with people. I like making people smile. Um, one, you know, class clown, or they called it uh, most witty in, in high school, I guess. So I, I love connecting with people, and that's always been kind of embedded in my personality. Um, 
And so uh, during that time, uh, that was about the lowest point, what they called the Second Great Depression uh, in U.S., where there were mass foreclosures, um, the banking systems were being flipped upside down, mm. uh, people were losing their houses, they were going bankrupt, and I got to see all of this from a very first-person perspective, dealing with clients that couldn't afford to pay for their home anymore. Wow. Uh, uh, because their mortgage, I can't remember what they were called, short, um, short-term mortgage where the interest rate would fluctuate. Yeah, yeah. like a, a, uh, like those subprime mortgages. Subprime mortgages, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so dealing with all of that and just there was a lot of negativity surrounding that. I'm, I'm glad I got in uh, to real estate at the point that I did because I learned a lot of valuable lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really pushed me to start to research why this was happening, why our financial markets were crashing, why uh, banks were being bailed out but people weren't, mm-hmm. um, you know, why Iceland was throwing their bankers in jail but the, <laughs> but the U.S. was propping theirs up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just led to a rabbit hole uh, of different things, connecting everything from the Federal Reserve, uh, our dollar bill, um, a zeitgeist fan, I'm assuming. Zeitgeist uh, <laughs> was a big awakening. I, I've watched uh, how many are there now? Three of those, maybe. I think There's I watched three. The, I think the second one was the most powerful one with addendum there. The or they yeah. or they basically teach you where money comes from, how they use. You know, there's more debt than there is money. How there's this kind of perpetual system of musical chairs and interest that is kind of creating this 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 mindset of scarcity, right? In a world where at the end of the day we're self-creating this and yet we're creating it in a scarce way for some reason. And it's and it's kind of yeah, I mean it's leading to obviously uh, a whole bunch of problems as we saw it manifest itself. I mean, basically constantly, but also in the in the financial crisis. Right. So so th- that just led me through a a spider web of different um avenues, everything from um you know, banking and financing, like I said, and then I was going through my own personal um, changes to where I was just at a point in my life where I was really confused in terms of what I wanted to do with my life, how I could uh, make a meaningful impact, not only uh, for myself and waking up every day to be passionate about what I want to do, but uh, instilling or helping to provide other people to be passionate about their lives and and taking control and I was in a a pretty dark place um, suffering from uh, uh, self-diagnosed kind of depression and anxiety um, Mm. having these thoughts uh, in my head that I that I couldn't turn off and so that led me to researching and understanding uh, consciousness and this idea that we are not necessarily our thoughts Uh, Mm. you know we just because you think a certain thing that doesn't necessarily mean that's who you are Uh, and for me it was it was figuring out how to quiet those thoughts of um, constantly being anxious of you know I I don't feel like I'm providing anything to society with what I was doing and and what should I um, you know be doing with my life and so I I started the Facebook page and just started sharing information. Um, and within about the first year, I had uh, a little over a hundred thousand um, followers. Wow. Uh, um, just working with other Facebook pages to kind of cross promote and and doing that sort of thing. Um, 
And so, you know, the most popular of books, I guess, that most people will be able to um, relate to was The Power of Now by, by mm. Eckhart Tolle. Um, and that led me down a complete other path of <laughs> rabbit holes. Just, sort of. just reading as much as I could about the mind and uh, a little bit of psychology, um, you know, reading certain uh, things by the Buddha and, and quieting the mind. And it's, it's amazing when you create the space in your thoughts or you create uh, what I like to call um, this internal bell where your thoughts start running rampant. Uh, and so I, I consciously try to ding this bell, letting me know that I need to start watching my thoughts as the observer. Mm. And this was a very eye-opening experience for me because there then became these two different people within my head, I guess you could say. So you had the observer who was my true self, who was able to actually watch my thoughts as if it was uh, a spectator sport or something like that. Wow. And as I started delving more into this difference between the thinker and the observer, um, I, I started realizing what, what many great spiritual um, people in the past have been saying for ages, and that is you are truly the observer and you are, you are not your thoughts. You are only your thoughts if you attach to those thoughts and you allow them to be yourself. But simply just watching my thoughts, listening to them, they started to have less power mm. uh, over my life. The, uh, they stopped racing as much um, because they were being looked at and this kind of depowered them in a sense. And as you probably know in, in your research and things, that thoughts are everything. You know, I mean, in terms of what you're going to say, the, the energy you're putting out there, we are, uh, you know, 99% energy and 1% matter, um, right? And so we're always vibrating at a certain frequency, and mm -hmm. that frequency alters your health. Um, it alters your life. It alters everything. Is everything. Mm -hmm. Um that didn't come easy, you know. That was a that was a year and a half, two year process of continuing to work uh, at doing this. I never, um, I never went to a therapist or a psychologist or <laughs> or anything like that. I was I knew from the beginning, even when I was at my darkest point, that the only way that I could fix me was through myself and through self empowerment. Mm -hmm. um, and was this something that you practiced or you, you kind of developed in, you know, a yeah. lot of people um, find this kind of way of quieting their minds or, or of, uh, you know, listening and paying attention to the thoughts that come up and how they come up. And is this something that came to you from, I don't know, is it yoga or is it meditation? Is it psychedelics? Is it like, is it all of them combined? I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you attribute some of this kind of ability to do that um, to? Like, you know, for me, I know that on days where, um, it's hectic and on days where it's like, okay, call this, do this, do that, email that notification here, things start to spin out of control almost. Right. And then you, you feel this overwhelming feeling. And the only thing I know for me that works is, you know, there's, uh, there's these set patterns that I'm able to kind of step into. There's, there's ways that I'm able to kind of calm the mind, even within the storm at times. And for me, it's just, sometimes it's just grounding. It's like, okay, feel the bottom of your feet or, um, you know, relax your forehead and your jaw, feel the, um, the energy of the room around you, just pay attention to what you're physically 
where your physical body is. Uh, and sometimes just close your eyes and don't pay attention to where your physical body is. So what do you attribute maybe some of this, um, this ability to start kind of, you know, taking over your mind, controlling your mind versus letting it run loose and wild in, the, in maybe the ways that um, led you down the, the kind of tougher path? Sure. Um, and I think it's interesting, you know, when people say control the mind, for me, it's not not control, yeah. Right, right, yeah. and I and I I understand what you're saying, but I think yeah. it's important for anybody listening. It's it's not as much of a control for me in terms of a wild animal that I'm trying to to grab <laughs> and cage, right? Because it is part of me, so it's more of just observing it, letting it be. But um, to answer your question more specifically, the steps that I took and the time when I was doing real estate and living on this island, I knew maybe two or three people. Um, on the island that were family friends, not very close uh, with them. So all things considered, I was, I was basically somewhat alone. I was living alone uh, for the first time in my life, uh, mm. which creates a very loud atmosphere in the mind uh, mm -hmm. in, in itself. So that coupled with just going through this mass change in my life from graduating college to figuring out what I want to do to try to make money, to make an impact, um, that I think being alone probably amped that up, um, which at the time I, I wasn't exactly thrilled about. But looking back on it now, it was a very important time for me to be alone and to self-reflect and actually have this time in my life for the first time in my life where sometimes there was just nothing and nobody to even do. So, and I was fortunate enough to be on an island. Um, and I, I was born on this island, but I moved when I was three. So moving back was more of a reconnection with my, my past a little bit, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I was very fortunate enough to, um, I, I always tried to live as close to the water as I could. So while I was there for about three years, I, I had access to the marsh and uh, had my own kayak. And um, for me, nature uh, played probably one of the biggest roles in my life uh, to where if I was feeling any sort of negativity, I would go out and just sit in the middle of the water in the middle of nowhere with nobody around, um, nobody knowing where I was. As long as the <laughs> tide was right and it was high enough to go, I was there, whether it was one in the morning, um, you know, when I got home from work, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this was nature really, heals all, right? Nature, nature has some serious power uh, when it comes to um, resonating in a very different way than our kind of fabricated um, cities or, or walls that we have around us, right? Like these walls feel very different than when you're outside in, amongst the trees or the water or you're near a waterfall or whatever. There's a certain amount of energy that, um, that kind of comes into you and flows into you. And as you said, 1% matter, 99% vibration, essentially, um, that energy affects us, right? That energy definitely plays a role in how we're going to feel. And as our society kind of retreats behind the computer screen and into our, our little kind of cages in a weird way, and I, I don't like to say it that way, but sometimes it's kind of like that. We sometimes get disconnected from the world around us. We sometimes get dis disconnected from nature. And I mean, most of us feel like we're connected. We're like, oh, no, I'm not disconnected. Like, I totally love nature. I'm like, okay, cool. When's the last time you went out, though? Like, when's the last time you went to nature and, like, chilled there and 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 kind of was... Were, when's the last time you were with nature, not just saw nature, 
You know yeah. what I mean? And, and just and observing think, it, like as a, you know, looking at it as if it was a TV. Yeah, almost like you're <laughs> looking at the zoo, right? And you're like, oh, <laughs> right. oh, you see the monkeys in the cage and you're looking inside. That's not the same as, as being kind of with nature, being kind of connected and, and, and feeling that space. And, and I feel you. I feel you on that because, you know, when I started the Valhalla movement, I kind of came from from something that was a very similar space. It was like it was a space where I'd watched. I was absorbing way too much information. I was learning everything about where money came from and watched hundreds of documentaries. I literally did. I spent a whole year watching a documentary a week, and uh, let alone you know, it's needless to say, it was a pretty depressing year. But at the same time, what it started to do was create this this inner fire that was burning in my belly almost. That was just kind of like getting me antsy, getting me like, okay, I need to do something. I need to go out there and this, this world is fucked up and shit's crazy. And, and we gotta, we gotta go and do something about this. And, and as we, we did that, or as, and, and I say we, because we wasn't just me, as I went out onto this piece of land, this 60 acre piece of land that we have, um, that I decided one day we're buying this and we're doing it. And GMO cornfield planted a tree. And from that day forward, I felt so different. You know, just regularly going out. And it's not even that far. Like, we're 20 minutes away from downtown Montreal, which is a city of, I don't know, three, four million people. But we're right near the crux of where, you know, minutes away from where I grew up. But that that feeling of going outside, touching the ground, um, getting my hands dirty, planting a tree, doing something um, to be a part and connect back to nature was was transformational. It clears your thoughts like none else, nothing else, right? It, there's no... There's no amount of like, um, I don't know, trance mixes that you can listen to on YouTube that's going to outdo the fact that you going out into nature is going to feel really, really good. And and you could just, you know, if you really tap into it, you can even feel it. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who's experimented with psychedelics, and I, I also credit a lot of psychedelics for, for being very eye-opening and awakening for me. And, and that, even the feeling of like, if I take a psychedelic and I sit inside a basement compared to if I take a psychedelic and go out amongst the trees, like the difference is night and day. Like there's no, there's, both can be very powerful and transformative and in different ways. And I think they're both necessary. But at the same time, there's no doubt about the fact that if I'm outside, I'm going to feel better. And, and, and there's a reason why the sun gives us vitamin D and it keeps us alive. And there's so many things that, well, so many things, our whole planet and an ecosystem and solar system is obviously dependent on this source. So there's so much out there that is just, um, important to to that um to that state of like you said not controlling the mind but observing the mind feeling what is truthfully happening and and happening kind of within the 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 zone or without or outside of the zone that we kind of normally call life you know we normally call our, our daily interactions and and uh, space yeah definitely um i mean you hit it right on the head and then there becomes this very symbiotic relationship that I think we forget because we are surrounded by by bricks and mortar and and cement and pavement and you know buildings and we we see that as our reality when yes it's a a part of our reality but you step outside of that and and you really look at the world and you know come into nature there's very much of a uh, uh, vibrational frequency in terms of just this connection, um, and for me, and I've, I've, uh, you know, 
fallen so deeply into that and I grew up kind of going to uh, a, a summer camp on the lake and, and spending times in cat and living in a cabin for for 10 weeks out of the summer without AC or heat and you know waking up and being outside all day with you know no TV no phone no radio um, nothing just nature and the friends around you and um, I think at my core is that that that's kind of what I missed um, Mm. You know, stepping out of that when I when I left kind of going to camp and I've always had that love of it and it's amazing um, you know and there's there's some real science and amazing science behind this and of course a lot of it's like well duh it's common sense but even just staring at a tree out of your window while you're working um, there's been studies that have shown that it increases productivity by you know X percentage, Absolutely. and then taking it a step further, actually going into nature on a regular basis um, relieves stress. Um, mm -hmm. has a has more of a feeling of uh, feeling whole, kind of not just with the earth, with the universe, but also with humankind, and it's a an eye-opening experience to the point where I mean I've I've teared up and you know you know just sit there kind of crying at the at the fact that you know why why are we self-inflicting so much of this pain on ourselves? It's so counterintuitive and so just counter to our own selves. Um, you know there are so many sustainable ways of living that I don't have to explain to you and a lot of the viewers but you know why are we not why have we not taken those steps and I think a lot of it is this feeling of like disempowerment right mm, it's it's the feeling this, that we're we're too small to take on the problem right right but you know if society is the problem we're not separated from society we're we're, we're part of it right this was this was created not just by one person but um, you know, hundreds of thousands. And so, um, you know, f for me, starting Expanded Consciousness, the idea was really to self-empower. And if I could just change one person to feel empowered to make a change in their life, it, it doesn't have to come as a drastic thing going from, you know, uh, going from using electricity to going straight to solar panels and doing that. It's, you know, taking the small steps, but continuing those steps to cutting out as you know using as much electricity as we have or, or turning mm -hmm. off the water or just being conscious of each action that we took and I, what I realized was a lot of my anxiety and some of these negative thoughts that happened to me back in the past was um, not uh, being conscious of kind of how I'm living um, and, and the steps that that I can take to to, to better the world and it got to the point where I mean I, I felt like a, a soda bottle being shaken and it was getting ready to <laughs> explode so I hit this point of explosion to where I had to do something mm -hmm. um, that's uh, exactly how I felt too like people <laughs> were like well how did you start for hell I'm like I have no idea I was just way <laughs> too angry and I had to do something and I knew nothing about um, permaculture or, or ships or eco construction or or I don't know, a construction in general, like nothing. I, the, the, you know, I studied marketing, for example. Yeah, right? you, I, stu you, I studied advertising. Yeah, right? well, there you go. So it's it was like, like, go into business. That's what that's <laughs> what our education pushes us towards. Go be successful and yeah, and make money. But 
uh, wh what they don't explain to you in school is that you can make money and be successful by creating your own path and not not following somebody else's. In so, fact, I would I would argue that you will make you will be way more successful in all measures of of um, the scales of you know whether it be um, you know whether you want to see success as a monetary thing, which I personally don't like to see it that way. But if if you want to see it in um, you know, networking in, in your social circles, success in, in being, having an expanded consciousness and growing and learning and in trying new things and, and kind of stepping outside of our comfort zone, that kind of success, there's nothing that um, empowers you more than entrepreneurship in a weird way, right? And we use that word be, and it seems very business-like, but it doesn't have to be, right? There's, there's a lot of, um, I like to call them social entrepreneurs, people who are entrepreneurs, but they're doing it not because they care to run a business, but because they they care to have more people step into the light and or more step uh, more people uh, step into their power, more people see their potential and chase after their dreams, no matter what the consequences might be, no matter how scary it might be, right? Because we have seen what that has done to us, right? We've experienced that. And we also know what it's like to be at the edge of the cliff and being like, oh, I don't know if I should jump. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know where I'm going to land. And to me, an entrepreneur, and if you want to extend this to social entrepreneurs, sometimes it's an entrepreneur is the person who jumps off the cliff and builds a plane on the way down. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's really kind of what it is sometimes. Like, I don't, I didn't know. And I, and I don't think you'll ever know. I don't think there's ever a perfect time to be mm -hmm. like, oh, today I'm going to expand my consciousness. Today I'm going to start a movement. There's no like, there's no like perfect moment for that. And if you're waiting for that, as many of us are waiting, right? We we make excuses like, oh, but when I when I graduate school, then I'll do that. Or when I when I when I uh, make a certain amount of money, or I pay off my student debts, then I'll do that. When I um, when I you know get promoted at work, then I'll ask for for you know the Fridays off or something. And we what we're realizing is that we're being essentially constrained not only by the walls that we live in, but sometimes by our own cages in our mind, right? By our own limiting beliefs that are that are just beating down on us. And we're kind of beaten into us in a certain way by everything, by, by whether it be our parents who uh, said, you know, this is the path that you should take, or whether it be your teacher in school who said, you're never going to amount to anything, or whatever it is. It, we had this kind of, this feeling that stuck with so many of us. And there is no one answer, right? Like, so people ask, and I like, I asked you, hey, hey did, how did you find your answer? And you were like, well, nature and going near water and stuff. That, just because that worked for you doesn't mean it works for the next person. No. And, and not everyone, you know, to be a conscious human being doesn't mean you have to do yoga five hours a day, okay? To, you doesn't mean you have to particularly eat or subscribe to any way, um, you know, any particular diet. Now, obviously, there are consequences to different versions of different diets, right? Whether it be veganism and it's like, well, that's, that has these consequences. Where are you going to get your protein? Or whether it be eating meat and oh, that has consequences on water and environment. And they all have consequences. Everything that we do, every action has an equal and opposite reaction to some degree. And being able to, to find our own path is the only way is the only way that we're going to ever find our own expanded consciousness. And I'm assuming that when I say that, and I see you nodding your head, that you kind of agree with that mentality, right? That this is a, as much as we are living in a very connected world, we are still one node within that connected world. And we have to, we have to find our own way forward. We have to find our own bliss, our own kind of calling, our own purpose. And there is no amount of reading um, that you can do that is going to let you know that until you take those risks, until you try these things on your own, until you, 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 you challenge yourself, right? 
Yeah, and I think you hit it right on the head. There, and there is no one path to enlightenment. And uh, it's important for me, too, when I interact with people on the Facebook page, which I get comments and I try to re respond uh, to all of them the best I can. And, you know, people saying, thank you, what a great thing to follow. And uh, it's almost like, no, 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 like, this is what worked for me. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want anybody to emulate my life. I don't want anybody to follow me. I don't think we need to necessarily have these propped up leaders in terms of following this way because there are so many ways. I fell into expanded consciousness because I started having a passion for understanding the mind and understanding how to um, really be in the present moment. To, mm -hmm. to stop having these continuous movie reels of the past going through my mind or the which typically causes depression for many people. Mm -hmm. or anxiety field in terms of what's coming up in the future. Mm -hmm. Now, you can learn from the past and you apply that in the present moment and you work for the future, but you can only do that by working for it in the present moment. Mm -hmm. and, and there is no other time that has or will ever exist. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was, and, and during this time, um, during this time of living on the island by myself, I was like, I need a hobby. And, you know, so... And in in I had my parents send me their old camera and I started getting into photography and I've been mm. doing photography now for uh, about four or five years. And um, when that bottle started to get to the exploding level kind of within myself, I quit my job. Uh, I uh, left for Ecuador for two months. Um, I knew no Spanish except for replaying Spanish lessons on my iPod for about two <laughs> months before I left. I wrote handwritten notes to as many people uh, in my life as I knew. And I designed a travel experience that was um, surrounded by doing good. Nobody's just going to give you money to go travel. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to give you money to just go to the Bahamas and, and get drunk on the beach, right? <laughs> so for me, it was how do I mesh this passion for wanting to travel on my own? I knew I wanted to do it on my own. I wanted to be dropped in the middle of the ocean and, and swim to shore, so to speak. So mm -hmm. uh, I came up with a plan where I, so I went for two months uh, and um, one of the months... Uh, I spent up in the mountains working at an animal rescue center, mm -hmm. um, uh, working with everything from uh, blind owls and hand feeding them to monkeys and lions and, um, I mean, just uh, Galapagos turtles that were 90 years old and, and caring for these animals that were abused, uh, that were being used as animal trade. Um, uh, and this sort of thing. And I've, I've always loved animals growing up and, and wanted to be the uh, Jane Goodall, you know, <laughs> of all things. That, that's who I grew up reading was, was zoo books and Jane Goodall and her interaction with chimpanzees and Incredible. Um, just this love and relationship. So I spent a month there living in a cinder block house uh, with people from around the world who all had love for animals. And we would get up at six o'clock in the morning and we wouldn't go to bed until the sun went down doing the most grotesque at sometimes labor. I mean, we had to clean cages and prepare food and, you know, just be on call for these animals kind of 24 seven. But, 
uh, it was an amazing experience to be able to give that. So the way I structured my traveling was I, I wrote handwritten notes to everyone I knew, mm-hmm. explaining to them what I wanted to do, explaining to them that by uh, donating to me and allowing me to go and travel and doing doing this, it's not just me doing it, but it was on all of their behalf. Um, you know, a lot of people want to take the time to do that, but they either just don't, they're too busy, they can't, they don't think they can, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was kind of taking all of that on my shoulders, bringing all those people with me. um, And the trust and the loyalty that you have to those people with you as well, right? Right, right. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, doing the best I could. So I did a month in um, the mountains and then I did uh, a couple weeks in the jungle, middle of the jungle and I was working at a eco uh friendly tourism um place but coupled with that they had a school um mm. that they were raising money though all of the money for the eco tourism went to the school mm. and the school provided education for kids from 7 years old to 30 some of these 30 year olds that have never been to school that have never gotten an education Wow. And it was it wasn't just math and and, and science and these things. It, it was that, but it was also um, how to be more sustainable. Because these kids that were coming here were going to go back to their villages or their little towns, and they, they were going to be the ambassadors. Yeah, they need yeah. to be practical, right? They need a practical knowledge that they can pass on to those to the other yeah. village members to to you know yeah. upgrade their life and upgrade their their ability to understand how. These things are uh, could be empowering to them and to their villages. Yeah, definitely, and it, it was an amazing uh, experience. And everything that I had with me fit into a backpack. You mm-hmm. know, for that time, you. I think traveling alone is a very spiritual quest. You know, there's there's a lot of um, country journey of sorts. Right, like mm-hmm. the, the the Australians, the Aboriginals, they used to have the walkabout, and mm-hmm. I think they still do, where you would leave and just go walk on your own and, mm-hmm. and explore. Um, and I don't do it, know, you know, exactly the details of it, but this yeah, was kind Australia. Of, I, Australia, the way they have it is that basically when they graduate, I believe it's high school or something. They have like a, a, a gap year, and then everyone takes this gap year to kind of do like that walkabout, right? It's like that go off and travel for a year, do some stuff, like get wild kind of thing, and then come back and kind of give back to your community. Basically, it's almost like a hero's journey, right? And 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 you mentioned it earlier, I thought it was beautiful the way you said it, just being dropped in the ocean so that you can swim to the shore. That's basically a rite of passage. It's a, it's a, it's a rite, um, it's just like a mentality that, that kind of, that's scary, that you're putting yourself in an environment that is completely outside of your comfort zone because you don't speak the language, you don't necessarily know where you're going. You don't necessarily have all these intentions or, or, or um, kind of uh, everything scheduled out to know exactly where you're going to be and how you're going to get there. And, and because of that, we end up, um, you know, there's no, you're never going to be more in the present sometimes than when you're traveling. Never. Right? Never. Like the For traveling me, bug. so eye-opening. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it changed my life, too. It absolutely changed my life. And, and that traveling experience and hero's journey, I, I like to call it a hero's journey, is, is, is beyond anything. And then there's a certain amount of calling that comes up to us, right? Like, there's people like, why didn't you just stay? I'm like, I wanted to, sort of, but at the same time, I also wanted to come back. I wanted to give back to the people and show them what I had learned by being there. You know what I mean? And, and I know I felt that way, which is, 
again, a classic hero's journey. You leave, you, 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 there's all kinds of things that get in your path. There's obstacles and temp, temptresses and, and right before you leave, people want to stop you or there's an opportunity that might make you stay or all these things that, that play out very, you know, very almost like poetically. And then you, you have this calling when you're out on the road at some point, even though you're having so much fun, you're, you've never experienced anything like that in your life that you want to come back and give back to the people. And, and it's, I think, you know, people ask me like, what do you, where do you find the energy to do anything related to Val? And I'm like, to be honest, where do I not find the energy? Like, it's just, it's bubbling out of me. I, 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 it's almost like I have to do, it's almost like a selfish thing that I have to do this kind of stuff because I am so determined to try and kind of give out as much as I possibly can. And everything I learn, I'm like, oh, wow, that's super cool. I wonder what other people think. And, and I'm assuming that you, you kind of feel the same way. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, for, for me, traveling in that experience and, you know, it's different when you just go to another country, you stay in the touristy spots, you, you know, look up where all the safe places are. And, and I did that because I wanted to have some sense Knowledge. of what I was getting into. But at the same time, I mean, just the flight down there. Uh, well, before I even left, the uh, the travel company that I was using that was going to be placing me in these nonprofits, two days before I left, they called me and they said, hey, our uh, contact in Ecuador is no longer working with us. They didn't do anything they said they were going to do. We don't, ha- we don't have you set up anywhere. And they're like, here are some different options. And uh, I'm like, well, I've got my plane ticket either way. I'm coming. And so... That was what we decided. Just on the plane ride down, there was one other American on there. He saw me there. We had a layover in Colombia. They took us to a hotel. They brought us back to the airport. Like, I have no idea what's going on. Everything's in <laughs> Spanish. And, I mean, he just took me under his wing, opened his, his arms to me, and you meet just such amazing people when, when you're traveling. The and, wizard. Yeah, and, of course, there's, there's times where, you know, I was – scared but at the, at the same time like you said when you're traveling and especially traveling alone you are so conscious of your surroundings mm-hmm. and you are so conscious to read people's energy and mm-hmm. facial expressions and emotions to the point where there is a very universal language of kind of humanity to where I knew when I got there I would be able to figure it out so I took about a week's worth of Spanish I knew just enough to be able to get around just enough to tell people <laughs> where I wanted to go and how much you know food was and and things like that and man just to be taken in by complete strangers it was a very uh emotional time to just have somebody open their arms to me that had no idea who I was meeting people from all over the world to where you know we, we talked about Australia has that gap year there's so many countries that have a gap year right after high school where they push their kids out to go travel yeah and in the US we are solely missing that i think it's something like uh, 20% or just such a low percentage of people in the U.S. even have a passport. Yeah, so I think it's th- something closer to but now around 30% or something like that. It's a very low number. And that's only because now you need one to be able to get on a cruise ship. And, or to go to and, Mexico or Canada <laughs> right. or something, right? And to do that's that, the only you reason. to not be able to. But, you know, there was a time when it was such a low percentage that people couldn't travel even if they wanted to because they can't even get out of the country. But, um, you know, and we don't have that gap here. We are... Most people don't even take their two their full two weeks vacation. No, the U.S. has some of the least vacation days like ever, and 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 we just don't we don't even take them all. Which is we wonder why we're so stressed. 
right? Well, and, and and if there's that one, you know, people worry about cancer. People worry about like, what am I eating? What are they putting in our water? Is it fluoride? Is it this? And we've learned all of this stuff. I'm sure you've heard all of this information. And many people who read your site and our site probably have too. But 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 the real number one killer, period. The number one thing that's going to make your hair fall out. The number one thing that's going to rot your your insides and, and your and your energy and 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 depress you and all that stuff is stress. Yeah. And the number one way to get out of stress is to fall, like observe your thoughts, get into a moment, sometimes step out of your comfort zone and go and explore, right? Go into places that are scary and then feel the universe's, the universe's language, right? So whether it's being interacting with the universe's language with like trees and water uh, and nature or whether it be interacting with the universe's language where it's not about the words that you're saying or even being able to understand the language. You know, I learned this in, in China. I, I didn't understand anything. I, I went to a restaurant. There was things on a menu. I'm like, uh, this one, that one, this one. And I would just point at random stuff or at other people's meals that uh, they were being served. And and you just, you tried it. You And it, you went into this comfort zone, um, this new ex- comfort zone, this expanded consciousness, essentially, that you would never, ever thought you would do before. You never thought you would be comfortable in before. I slept on so many airport floors or, or <laughs> random strangers' homes. And I spent, literally, I spent, you know, I went to Argentina, spent a full month with a, with a random couple that I had never met on, you know, couch surfing. And there's a beauty to the, to the universe. There's a beauty to this interaction, this, this kind of nonverbal communication that we are really able to, to, to understand and tap into. I mean, there's no, there's no, language uh, for smiling there's no language for p- putting up a fist and looking angry there's no language to um and there's no borders to those things either you know it's not an american thing to smile and a chinese thing to uh to be angry or, or, or to feel any of these range of emotions and, and and things that are bubbling up because we are all human we are all people connected to to the planet and and if you want to even go behind behind beyond human we're all energy we're all this this vibration we're just we're human because we're like a particular vibration within a universe of other particular vibrations. And I don't, I personally don't feel that we're any smarter or dumber than anything else, right? To say that our consciousness is very different from that of a squirrel is, I mean, the, the squirrel knows things that you will never know. And the squirrel feels things that you will never feel. So it's just a different spectrum, right? It's like seeing light with different colors. It's just different areas of the spectrum, different, you know, frequencies of vibrations, and some of which we ne- we don't even see, right? Infrared and all these things. We don't see those, that spectrum, <laughs> and yet it's there. It's so real. Like, it's so, it's, I mean, Wi-Fi, right? Like, what, how is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> how is it happening? So there's a certain, um, there's a certain beauty, no matter how much negative information you might learn, no matter how much fear might enter your body, no matter how much stress might enter your life, the truth is that the sense of wonder uh, and the sense of exploration and learning and knowledge, that alone could be a, f- a fire that burns forever. It's an evergreen type fire. I mean, it's, it's something that like, if you let, like, you, you have a choice. In my I, The way I say it is you have a choice. You can be a fountain that pours out energy endlessly and provides for others, or you can be a cup, a cup holder. You can be a person who walks around and trying to constantly find a fountain to drink. And you're constantly living kind of, you know, fountain to fountain or paycheck to paycheck or whatever analogy you want to go with that. And you have that choice. 
And and the flick of the switch between the two is not it is never the same for any one of us. But there are obviously certain things that have worked for many of us, like traveling and obviously connection, nature. These kind of things are, are pretty congruently awesome for our psyche in many, many different ways. And I guess, you know, I want to dive into a little bit of specifics of like, what does your routine look like? What are things that, you know, I, again, it doesn't work for everybody, but what are things that you feel people who are listening to this, what are some takeaways that they can have? Um, that, you know, maybe you've incorporated that you feel has changed some of your habits, some of your life. How do you turn, how do you channel your inner like superhero, for example, to, to emerge and kind of show up as much as possible? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple different steps and I think it's interesting too, to the point where I kept searching for this answer, right? Almost like a, uh, almost like a pill, mm. um, you know, that I was going to take. So, you know, I'm researching and it's like, you know, and, and researching and then also just kind of feeling what, what comes natural to me. So being in, 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 um, being in nature, learning meditation, uh, started doing yoga, you know, twice a week. Um, back in the day, I need to get back into my routine. <laughs> uh, photography helped me so much because it was mm -hmm. this art. And when you're doing photography, you are so focused on that moment and the subject that's in front of you, you it's impossible to think about anything else for me. Mm -hmm. And but what I realized was it was like, okay, meditation, check. You know, I've 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 done that, you know, yoga check, being in nature, but I still kind of felt, you know, and even traveling, but there is no band-aid that you can do that's gonna fix that. These are all steps and processes to take that I think helped me to come to the conclusion that I can do a million different conscious exercises mm -hmm. and conscious activities in the world, but until I start from within, there is nothing on the outside that is going to uh, do yeah, anything nobody. for me. It will help. It will aid. It will be a catalyst. Um, and so I've tried to say, you know, why did I feel more present while I was traveling? Well, I was I was in the moment and I was observing things around me. Okay, why don't let's take that and, and bring that back with you in your life, you know. Uh, doing meditation, the focus is always on the breath because it's one action or activity. And I think the only one that links our consciousness or our subconscious uh, and consciousness in our mind in terms of we're not thinking about breathing while we're sleeping or during the day for the most part, yet we're doing it and it's sustaining our life. But as soon as you focus that energy on the breath, whoa, there's this connection now between that subconscious of uh, being able to breathe on my own without actually thinking about it to now I'm fully thinking about it and present. Mm. And it, it's a beautiful correlation because breath is life, um, you know, and, and obviously we need it to sustain. So when you focus on that life force and, and that breath, for me it really brought me um, back down uh, or kind of... Uh, set in the present moment, I guess. And Which so it's funny how the, the, the common word that you said in every single one of your examples is focus. Right? It's like can I can I find a way to stop thinking about other things, whether it be snapping a, a photo, which, you know, I also picked up photography and learned videography uh over the last couple of years and I love it and I did it professionally and stuff too. And you're right, right? When you're in that moment and you're behind the lens, you're like, wait a second, I'm not paying attention to everything here. I'm paying attention to one little focus. I'm paying attention to what I'm looking at, what's in my frame. You could still be paying attention to numerous things like, I don't know, what your ISO is at or what your shutter speed right. is like and all those things. But but nonetheless, you're focusing on capturing something that 
um, essentially you'll never be able to capture again, right? It's like almost ancient light. It's a past thing. And that's what I, I, you know, people say, um, I, I tell this story all the time that people don't buy cameras for the number of megapixels. They buy cameras for why it, it's important to them. It's capturing moments. Cameras are not, are, are just the thing that we do that with, but capturing moments happens with, you know, with a, with a certain amount of focus and energy that we put into those moments. Yeah, and I think it's interesting too that um, you know people go to yoga and then they feel great for for that hour and maybe an hour after or something, and then all of a sudden it kind of wears off. To me, it was how did how do I hold on to that mm. feeling? So for me now, meditation isn't sitting in silence. Uh, meditation for me, I mean, that is a form of it. Mm -hmm. But there are so many different ways of meditating, and that you can customize it to yourself, where it's not just sitting, you know. Indian style, holding your <laughs> fingers up like this and chanting mm -hmm. Om. For me now, it's even driving through Atlanta traffic mm -hmm. and being being conscious of this like get out of my way sort of feeling to come back to the breath right at that moment. And that little bell that I talked about earlier kind of goes mm -hmm. off, and I realize that you know certain things they are what they are, and when when you you fight them, you create this. Uh, kind of opposable opposing forces within yourself, which I think creates a lot of uh, stress and anxiety. So for me, meditation has become instead of an hour here, an hour there, a life practice, mm. and this um, conscious living meditation that I try to uh, introduce into my life newly every single day. Because you can meditate every day, you know, for an hour, but you could still be pissed off and yell at somebody later on during the day. Mm -hmm. What what good does that hour do to you if you're not taking that and applying it every second and, and every minute to your life? And there's I don't do it all the time. Of course. But <laughs> but but I try to be conscious of the of the times that I'm I'm not doing it and to reapply my focus um, and to do it that way. And that well, it was consciousness amazing. Consciousness and awareness is the first step to change. Right. right, and I started it. Yeah, that's, that's it. It's just that. And I started expanded consciousness, not even necessarily to teach other people, but for other people to teach me and to mm -hmm. to to post these things, and then to not just shove the information down, but to receive the information that I'm getting back in terms of responses, or you know, you should do this or this, or uh, it's been, man, it is an amazing thing to run a page now that's close to. 570,000 people and to wow. be able to interact with these amount of uh, people on a daily basis. Sometimes it's overwhelming, but I wake up in the morning still very energized and sometimes I work 10 to 12 hours a day, um, you know, work. focusing on that, right, work, yeah. passion. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was doing it for free for a long time, um, for a number of years. So I did residential real estate photography and then I was running uh, expanded consciousness Facebook page, and it got to the point where I had to choose uh, my path. I could, I couldn't, I couldn't split your focus. Do these three things for that long, and I did. So I had those three things going on for about two years till it got to the point where um, I took the, another big leap into the ocean and learned to float and started mm -hmm. expandedconsciousness.com, mm -hmm. um, which is a hub for. Uh, writers around the world where anybody can submit an article. I uh, read through it and approve it and publish it if it kind of meets certain criteria. But I wanted to create a platform where I wasn't the only one giving information. I wasn't the only one explaining what works for me. But getting as many different 
personalities and viewpoints as possible. Um, and that option, yeah. Yeah, to hopefully instill some empowerment in, 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 in other people because we are continuously, I feel like, bogged down and we have, you know, between, and, and being in advertising and learning that in college was a great eye-opener for me because I can remember the class where it was like uh, psychology of advertising, how to manipulate people into buying something. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, I, I obviously knew that that was, you know, part, part of, of advertising, but it's how, how do you get somebody is. to buy crap that they don't need? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if, for me, money has never been something where I'm like, I, I want to get a, a ton of money. I want enough money to, to survive, but I, I, I've never been money driven in the sense of, of working for money. And so, yeah, uh, you're, and you're I, probably and I, more resource driven. You're, you're, you work for money because that's the current way that you can get the resources to continue to sustain a healthy lifestyle, to continue to have the time uh, to be able to put you know, as much energy as possible into your passion. Exactly, and I have to because I'm I'm the only one that runs expanded consciousness. I'm the only one that's ever run it. Uh, I'm the only one that <laughs> po- posts on the Facebook page and uh, approves articles and writes articles and you know deals with hosting and marketing and 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 taxes and all that. And at sometimes it can be so overwhelming. But at the same point, I I ring that bell in my head and I said, you can either do this for yourself or you can go work for somebody else. And it's at, <laughs> It's at that moment where I'm like, hell no. That dude. fire is like, no. I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll keep doing what I'm doing and, and push it as hard as I can for ever, I hope. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I hope the material that I'm providing to people will, will continue to grow and continue to. And it happens that when you go too far too, right? Like I, I've gone way too far, uh, way out of balance at times, even into my passions where I'm like, literally obsessed with it where i'm checking notifications and t- statistics and how many people did this and how many people did that and once i was able to kind of even get over that egoistic kind of element of of this at times you actually start falling into like oh wow this is a flow this is not a, a this is not a race it's not a game it's more of a it's more of like a life marathon for, with myself and it's and i have to treat it like a marathon and treat you know the the pace with a with a certain consistency and balance, right? It's not all about working twelve hour days all the time, right? Um, and and people have this this notion that oh, working for yourself must be so much fun. You must have so much free time. Yes and no. When you're like when you've been kind of injected with this passion and this fire is burning and people are are trying to engage with you and they have questions, it's almost it literally takes over your your life. It takes over uh, a l- large portion of your stream of thought. Um, a, a certain responsibility that you feel towards producing more, towards kind of uh, trying to gift out as much as possible, trying to interact, trying to empower as many as many people as possible. That's a that's a feeling of community, a feeling of of um, of almost sometimes desperation that you you're trying to kind of constantly do more to kind of help others, you know, and and. It's really a selfless, it's a selfish thing in certain ways, but really, I know that to, to run something like this on your own is, is phenomenal, I, and, I, and I do seriously applaud that. And the second thing is that it, it's also because of a very selfless thing. It's a very selfless act to say, yeah, I wanted other people to give me awesome information, and I wanted to surround myself with really conscious, awesome human beings who are you know, way smarter than me and way... Uh, better than me or, or knowledgeable than me in certain and certain topics and at the same time um, find a role and a place to to be able to contribute to that as well and find a way to help 
whether it be amplify the, the voices of these people who are very passionate but don't have the network to being able to get it out or um, you know we all have our, our different strengths and, and mindsets and and things that we excel at and it's just a question of how do we work together more how do we how do we collaborate how do we find ways that we realize that there's more than enough traffic out there you know with even another 1.5 billion people joining the internet in the next five years expectedly there is more than enough traffic out there that we can all make enough money if we really work together if we really work in in symbiosis uh, and and towards the same cause you know and in fact it actually empowers us you know it's like i i watched um this movie with uh, nelson mandela and one of the things that's kind of struck out was you know here are our fingers and each and every one of them individually are pretty powerful, they're pretty strong, but at the same time, they're pretty bendy and easy to maneuver. But when you kind of put them together, uh, that's where power lies, right? Sometimes it's when, when, when we come together as a, as a force, as a collective, that we see this, this new change emerge. And, and every movement that you've ever seen out there that has achieved anything, whether it be Gandhi or MLK or whatever, these people weren't alone. These people were empowered by also those who joined. Uh, those who to, took part and those who took part in the smallest of ways, right? It's not about sustainability is not about um, stopping everything you're doing right now, setting up solar panels, catching your rainwater directly and doing all that kind of stuff like immediately. Yes, you could do that and that would be great uh, for sure. But at the same time, it's about long-term thinking. It's about contributing what you need to do and taking one step at a time. Don't get overwhelmed by the gap, but see the step, see the next step and focus on that and Focus on, you know, when, when somebody walks a tightrope, they don't think about what's down below. They don't think about 10 steps ahead. They think about that next step. And it's that energy, that focus, that, that awareness that we can keep and, and, and bring into anything that literally allows humans to, 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 um, to achieve literally the remarkable, the incredible, the impossible, if you want to call it that. It's just, it's super, super powerful. So I, I, I have to seriously um give a, an homage and a respect for somebody like you who is constantly doing this and constantly putting your effort into it thanks i appreciate it and just going back to your tightrope walking another great conscious activity is slacklining that i got into the last <laughs> couple of years right yeah. you got to be so focused on on what's in front of you but um yeah no you're exactly right and that that was the idea of kind of creating expanded consciousness was to start developing a conscious family um uh, of like-minded kind of people are different-minded kind of people that all start to realize this very um, similar notion in terms of we are all connected and I kind of look at us I, I love uh, I love fractals and, mm. and Fibonacci and the as above so below sort mm -hmm. of, of, mm -hmm. of saying so we have <laughs> the cells in our body and when they're all working uh, together, right? We're very healthy, but when you have a few bad ones or, or a handful of bad ones, right, you start to get sick. And we are kind of the cells of the earth, mm -hmm. uh, each of us uh, individually. So, and, and you can't force change on another cell. You can't you can't beat the door down and, and mm -hmm. tell it to become more positive. Um, you know, I love the saying that uh, you can um, bring a person to knowledge, but you can't make them think. Mm. And so my whole thing is to just present certain things that have helped me. Some of it's out there, and, and I don't necessarily agree with 100% of every article or anything like that that I post, but I think there are certain tidbits that um, we can take. And I always tell people, you know, take, take, what, take what feels good and apply it to your life, 
and uh, disregard disregard the rest of it. There's there's no reason to kind of get up in arms if you don't agree with something that you read about. I, I would highly suggest reading a bunch of things you don't agree about because yeah. that way you get a different different point of view. I've I've I purposely purposefully uh, read things that I don't agree about or analyze the news in terms of how. Uh, it focuses. Great documentary is outfoxed. If you're if you're looking mm, to kind of great. start start understanding that road of of news manipulation and that sort of thing, and I would like to go back to a point that you mentioned in terms of when you started down this road of and you mentioned you were looking at documentaries every week. I was doing the same thing. Anything I could get my hands on from uh, organic food, GMOs, ancient science and history, literally to all that, and all of a sudden it's like shit, like. Whoa. I feel like I've been lied. I feel like I've been lied to almost my entire life. Yeah. Right? Oh and, man, it's scary. But at the same time, the only way to truly rebuild a house, and I'll, I'll get back to my uh, to my real estate here in terms of this analogy. But the only way to rebuild a house is to tear it completely down and start building that foundation up. And mm -hmm. tearing it down is going to be one of the most scary things you will ever do in your entire life because it means uh, that a lot of the things you believed in were incorrect that mm -hmm. they were manipulated upon you and kind of forced upon you and now it's on you to uh, tear all of that away and to rebuild from the ground up and it can be a slow process for some it was for me um, it took took about two years there's no it time is for frame everyone, on this much. <laughs> there, and, there's uh, no amount of energy like you can't learn everything in a day right yeah. but but I implore people to really if you're passionate about something or you see something that you don't necessarily agree with, research it until you are so just overwhelmed and done with researching it that you know you you can't look at it anymore, but you understand a little bit about it. And don't just look at one facet. Look at as many different things because sides. so many things are connected and there is no just one one uh you know corrupt entity that's kind of manipulating the government. Like there are so many different factors here but you know what role can we play uh, one of the main ones is to to empower ourselves to to find the others as i think timothy leary says at the bottom of one of his famous quotes mm. um find the others because they they are out there and, and if you feel like you're alone in your thoughts and in what you want to do with your life trust me you are not there are seven billion people in this world and find the ones that you align with allow them to inspire you but take that inspiration and make it your own mm. and and really create your own path if you're if you're passionate about something but you have a full-time job do that passion at night do that passion in the morning do that passion on the weekends don't stop something you love simply because you're not making money on it that doesn't matter in the beginning now it will matter to the point where if you want to jump ship and and follow that passion of course you need to have an income but you can lay that foundation very slowly over a couple months a couple years whatever it is and then you get to the point where it's like man i have a really solid idea here that i can monetize that's going to help me that's going to help others that's a, a unique idea and the more you express that creativity I promise you the more abundant your life is gonna be and expressing uh -huh. it consistently right consistently. expressing it constantly not here and there not like every once in a while try and do it every day as much as you possibly can bring it down to a level of consistency because that's what we can follow that's what other people can kind of understand and 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 say it don't, you know, like people like, how do you become a photographer? Well, the number one thing is you pick up a camera, you take pictures. <laughs> the number two thing is that you tell people you're a photographer. 
then you take <laughs> pictures. It's the number two step. Like that's advertising. <coughs> yeah, right? I so mean, I, I got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with that, I mean, we, we're we're at the end of this hour, but yeah, I, sure. I can't end. You know, there's so much more that we can constantly talk about, and we'll definitely continue this conversation. Um, but I want to thank you again for just the work that you're doing, expandedconsciousness.com. You can also uh, look for this on Facebook, links in the description below. And guys, anybody who's listening to this, you know, one of the things that helps fuel our fire more than anything is sometimes that you just like leave us a comment, ask us a question, uh, subscribe, rate the podcast, anything like that is all of these things help. Like sometimes the easiest way to show support to somebody else is literally to just show them that support in some way, shape or form to spend, you know, vote with your dollars, vote with your attention, vote with your clicks, vote with, with just your, your time, vote with your energy, vote with your actions, constantly do what you and support what you believe in. Because if you support it, the next person in line is going to support you. And so, um, I, I, you know, again, I thank you very much, Sean, for, for doing the work that you do. And, uh, thank you all the listeners for, um, for being a part of this journey with us. Thanks for having me on, Mark. I really enjoyed it.